I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 17 and preview of round 18. This episode is brought to you by Opara Bicycling Shop, helping you get over the mountain or goalkeeper in the way. Uh, no, actually, uh, this episode is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the awesome Reddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by a great lineup. Mike Denton, Tim Shaw, and our special guest, Tyler Kelly. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing well, doing well, Reed. Doing great, man. Thanks for asking. Don't talk about Red Bulls tonight, please. Thank you. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll just talk about Wando and said, hey, Tyler. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so those of you who may not know, uh, we've mentioned him on the show periodically throughout this whole season. Uh, this is our good friend, Tyler. We joke with him about uh, Wondolowski, and we decided to have him on the show. Uh, Tyler is a participant in the MLS Show League that we talk about a lot, and you've done pretty real well recently, haven't you, Tyler? I've been doing pretty well lately. Um, I started off pretty terribly the first season, but I uh, got the hang of it uh, after probably a, one, or se- one season or so. so. Yeah, it's a really fun different version of the fantasy game that some of us play. We'll talk more about it during the Gold Cup break. Uh, we'll have something there. But Tyler's here tonight. He's a good player, willing to share his tips with all of you, and we are happy to have him here. So, guys, let's talk about round 17. It just happened. There was a lot to talk about, so I've got a few notes in a few minutes, but I'll, I'll try to let you guys fill in the spaces because I know I'm going to miss something. But let's start out with how'd your teams do, Mike? Um, I did 119, which was okay. Um, most of my players did okay. Um, I didn't pick up any Minnesota players, and that was my big downfall because Roldan didn't do well as opposed to, to Ibsen, who had a good week. And then I, for some reason I thought that, you know, LA could get one clean sheet, and nope, no, they can't. Um, so 119, not a bad week, but I literally did not move at all. No green, no red for the overall, just same <laughs> 307th overall. Um, I think my price rose a little bit because I had Opara on the bench. Yay. Uh, 109.5 and then 307th overall. Yeah, so my team, we ended up with 123 points, so just barely edging out Mike here. Um, that's really the only thing we'll be able to say to Mike this week, considering how our two clubs performed. Um yeah, my midfield really performed well. I had Valeri as the captain, but I also had Ibsen, Alonso, and Almiron all putting in double-digit performances. That was kind of it, though. I mean, all my defenders, we averaged nine points on the week across all four of them, and I got two goals out of my three forwards. So got a lot of green arrows. I climbed up into uh, 470th place. My early season reliance on Red Bulls players has really kind of set me back here in the first half, but... Getting over that 1,500-point mark is uh, is where right where I want to be coming into the second half of the year. Well, I, uh, I ended on 123 points on the week, um, so I guess we drew there. Uh, round rank of 505, which bumped me up 35 spots to 349th overall. 
I was pretty happy with it. Um, Captain Almiron, I got the 30 points there. And really want to thank Calvin. Uh, he switched Nikolic and Martinez about two minutes before the Chicago game started. And about three minutes later, Martinez scored and Almiron got the assist. So those were huge points for me. And I thank Calvin for sacrificing himself. <laughs> well, I had a, a great round myself. I had 133 points. Uh, my round rank was 57. At one point, I was telling Tim before we started, I was actually at 17th round rank, and, and then the mid, or then the weekend games came, and then that disappointing Seattle lost clean sheet uh, came, but. Um, Dropped me down some. 57th overall. Uh, my overall 57th for the round. Overall, I moved up to 84th, so I've cracked the top 100 again. I'm pleased with that. And my uh, team value did rise a little bit. I have a 110.9 right now. Overall score, 1574. Uh, so it was great. I, I felt like my whole team was firing. Some early questions from Atlanta. I, I wasn't sure if Con was going to play both games. Uh, and then disappointing Jones leaving at 56 minutes, but everyone did well. My midfield was great. Um, almost everyone had double-digit scores, so it was it was a great round. I was very pleased with how the double game week players performed. Uh, but like I said, before we got started, uh, this was a great round. There were a lot of great games. There were some boring games, but there were a lot of great games. Um, the double game week players really got it done, except for, I guess, on the defensive side. If you look at the Dream Team, I don't think there's any double game week players from when I last looked at it in the dream team. It was all uh, Philadelphia, Blake getting that PK stop and just some great performances with Toronto and Philly and, and, and others uh, back there. So single game week players is what I'm saying here. They can still feed into the dream team. So it's not always about double game weeks, but you can get a lot of bread and butter points from those guys. Everyone can't be in a comp, I guess. Um, biggest points for me, fantasy takeaways, uh, upset. In DC, even though DC was at home, I still think that's an upset. They got a couple of goals on Atlanta. I don't know if this is going to make them viable, so don't be going on a DC train anytime soon. There's an own goal party in Minnesota versus Portland at the beginning of the round. Uh, made for big points, some big scores, and the uh, fantasy managers got, took advantage of that. I think it just shows that there are still questions, both defenses going forward with these teams, so it's really just the attackers you're looking for. Um, I'm going to pause for a second because there was some short-lived success, I think, from the New York Red Bulls, and I think Mike and Tim are the perfect people who can talk about this game. Mike, I'll let you do the honors here as the, <laughs> as the gracious victor. Yeah, I mean, this this was a, an interesting one just to contrast from last year um, and really the past six times that New York City have played the Red Bulls. Um, Red Bulls have just generated tons and tons of chances. Um, this was the complete opposite. I think Red Bulls finished with like 0.3 expected goals or something ridiculous. Didn't get a shot on goal until like the 88th minute. Um, re really a defensive clinic. I, I know Jesse Marsh spent the week um, flying to across the Atlantic for some uh, coaching education where really he should have just crossed the Hudson because uh, Patrick Vieira and oh. what his defense did <laughs> was, was incredible um, and, and really just shut down um, the, the press and, and they, they had nothing going. Um, and part of that is Vieira and part of that is Herrera. Um, th this is a guy you need to be uh, aware of. He he's only started three or four games for New York City, but he he's a star for Venezuela. He's on loan from Manchester City, 
and he's kind of one of those young prospects we're not used to seeing um, in MLS. But I mean, he he's the real deal, and he's he's dominated the midfield. And, and I mean, the best decision that Patrick Vieira has ever made is benching Pirlo, and it seems pretty clear that regardless of what um, if Morales is hurt or not, Pirlo is not making it on the field. So. Um, I, th- I think New York City at this point are, is a threat to win ev- every match with an actual competent defense, um, which is weird for me to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and on on the other side, uh, I, I know we've talked about it before, but the the Red Bulls are are clearly missing Dax McCarty. I, I mean, I'm the w- the transition was just so much easier for New York City than it was the past few years. Um, so, I mean, I, I know the rumors are the New York Red Bulls are looking for an offensive player. Um, I, I don't know if they're going to be looking for someone to replace Dax or they're just going to kind of keep riding with Tyler Adams. Uh, may, maybe Kim, Tim can talk about that. But the Red Bulls are going to have to make a move somehow if they, if they want to stay above the red line. Yeah, like like you said, man, it was it was – just a complete performance offensively, defensively. NYC just was on the gas pedal the entire match and did not let up. You know, they they came to Red Bull Arena and struggled a bit for the U.S. Open Cup just 10 days earlier. But I got to say, the look that they showed the Red Bulls defensively, it, it was night and day. They played a lot higher. They pressed a lot more aggressively. They were very physical. They, they just they, – they came to town and they – you know, they kick their butts and send them home with their tails between their legs. So just an incredible performance overall. And I couldn't agree more with you regarding Herrera. He's one of those guys that, you know, they, they brought him in and he's just getting used to the system, which is why you haven't seen him earn that many minutes so far. But now that he's really kind of up to speed, we may not see Pirlo uh, for the rest of the season. You know, who knows? I mean, they didn't even have Maxi Morales and they still managed to just stomp out the Red Bulls. So kudos to Patrick Vieira, kudos to the team. I mean, those two goals were incredible. I mean, Jack Harrison, if he had put that a half an inch higher or further out to the side, that's bouncing off the post, the post who was our MVP performer in the U.S. Open <laughs> Cup match. Um, and Ben Sweat was just all over the pitch. He, he really – he he showed to be he, – he showed flashes of being – what could be one of the best fullback? Uh, he could be one of the best fullbacks in the league in the second half of this season. So, you know, kudos to New York or NYC. Um, and New York has a lot of work to do. I mean, Sasha Question really has fallen off a little bit this season. And whether or not it's the link up play between the defense and the attack that Dax McCarty brought to the table, maybe he's lost a step. I don't know. Me and the boys were tossing around ideas. Maybe move Felipe up and Sasha back. Sasha played further back in Europe. Heck, maybe even move Bradley Wright Phillips back to the number 10. He's great with the ball at his feet. Let Brendan Allen get some uh, reps up top. I don't know. Just They're going to have to do something to uh, look at the – to even get into the playoffs if they keep playing the way they did against NYC. Thanks, guys, for breaking that down. Uh, yeah, first points for New York City FC at Red Bull Arena. So important. And I, I do want to mention one player who we, we didn't talk about but I think deserves mention after that in performance, and I, Tyler will back me up on this. Alex Ring played a, a heck of a game too. Absolutely. Yep. Um, he, yep. He's. I think he's been underrated. You know, we've talked about Dax McCarty and the job he's did did in Chicago, but the job Alex Ring did in New York City might be even more impressive. Um, he all the Biden talk that that Tim mentioned about New York City, most of that comes from Alex Ring. 
Um, he, he's just done a really great job of protecting that back line. Um, and, and his fantasy points aren't that bad if you look at him. You know, he's a defensive midfielder, so it's hard to really justify him when you're going for the big points. But for a double game week, Alex Ring is someone to, to keep in, on your radar. In that game, Ring and Herrera combined for 13 tackles and six interceptions between the two of them. They absolutely bossed that midfield the entire game, and that was the difference. That's the power of a good defensive mid that we've talked about multiple times over the season. So thanks, guys, everyone, for breaking that down. That, that was an important one. I, I can't pass up the chance to have a good derby game broken down when I have two pundits, two fantasy mimes from the opposing teams here on the show. So thanks a lot for doing that. Uh, big takeaway for me, of course, is that I still have a lot of question marks around the Red Bull. Sorry, sorry, Tim, as far as viable fantasy options when even even uh, promising games. Shot. Yeah. Aaron Long, Luis Robles, and that's about it. Yeah. Uh, a few more games I'll mention before I let you guys weigh in and, and then any of the ones that I missed. Uh, I have a note for Gio right here, and I just say grumble, grumble. Uh, he got me two assists. That was great, but that's not what I'm paying for with Gio. Uh, that price is starting to to weigh on me every time I consider having him if he's not getting those goals that I want uh, justifiably for every fantasy manager in that same boat. Atlanta, I can't believe what happened in Atlanta. That game, the Colorado lineup was just a platter for goals. It didn't happen except for Martinez, so he's back. That's what he does. He scores goals, and I think he is already fantasy liable going forward, and he's a bargain as well to compare to some of the other players, especially with his production, if it holds out. Remember last week when we had Montreal, who came in and brought it to Orlando, scored three goals, tied up the game? Yeah, that didn't happen. Uh, Columbus just came out and rolled them. That's what I kind of expect from Montreal when they're on the road. Uh, when they're back at home, maybe I'll think them more seriously because of that uh, Piotic connection that's going on. But, yeah, this, this was, I think, Columbus getting all that frustration that's been building up and still Higuain, Maram. Ola Kamara coming back. These are people that are already always on your short list, and this is why. And the last game I'm going to mention before you guys go, Chicago is just rolling. They're keeping going. They're looking great. And I'm just hoping that this means they have tired legs before they uh, go to Cincinnati. <laughs> uh, so that's what I got for your guys. No, in general, uh, Chicago is great. Um, again, with Orlando, that was our second away game on a double game week. And they played four games in 11 days and two, two weeks, whatever it is at this point. So I'm sure they were also very tired in Orlando, and that contributed to that massive score that Akam was able to rack up. Um, but, yeah, Akam, awesome. Uh, Nico, awesome. Uh, be on the lookout for an article coming up that talks about the value of having two two forwards from the same team is coming up on MLSsoccer.com sometime this week. So, guys, that's some of what stood out to me. Feel free to talk about those games or anything else that I know I've missed. Anybody? Uh, I'll keep on the Orlando-Chicago. I don't know what, what Christ was doing playing a full lineup, A-plus lineup against Seattle. Um, the, the second that I, I saw Orlando's lineup, I was like, they're going against full for Seattle. I, I started making my um, Chicago picks for the show league. <laughs> uh, I'm, that, that was the only thing that was going to happen. Um they, they really should have focused more on the Chicago game considering how well Chicago's played at home and tried to bunker and, you know, they come out of the week with only a point. Um, so, so they've got to be pretty disappointed. Um, for Montreal, we mentioned them getting smacked at um, Columbus. Um, 
I, th- I think they're gassed. Um, they, they played hard in the Canadian Championship Cup, and, and most of the goals that they led against the crew were in the second half. So, and, and they have another matchup for the Canadian Cup this week. So, uh, we'll, we'll see if they can't recover some of their strength because they have a juicy matchup against DC if, if their legs can uh, are up for it. Chicago, New York City, and Toronto are the real deal. I don't think there's anyone in the league right now that can touch any of those three teams on their day. Uh, the midfield for New York City is, like we were talking about earlier, is fixed and running really well. Add Maxi back to that when he's healthy, and New York City's they're dangerous. Chicago is, like you were saying, they're, they're firing on all cylinders. The only thing I worry about Chicago with, uh, I was thinking about this yesterday, uh, Schweinsteiger has not played in a summer-type league before. In Europe, they're mainly fall, winter leagues, and then end in the spring. I really want to see him get rotated some this summer because I fear come playoff time at the end of the season, he's going to have really tired legs if he continues to go 90 minutes every single game. Yeah, fair point. Yeah, I. Uh, you know what, though? They have Matt Polster who – can kind of hold the line a little bit if they want to have Dax McCarty play a little bit more box-to-box and kind of take Bastion Schweinsteiger's spot there. So they've got some depth at the at the holding midfield spot and central midfield spot. Um, the, I just wanted to point out one last thing before we move on. That finish to the Seattle-Portland game, my goodness, I've never heard a stadium go so quiet before. And I've been to some, I've been to some very disappointing Red Bull games, let me tell you. But, man... On TV, oh, you could just hear that play. You could hear a pin drop. It was insane. Yeah, I was watching the second half, really hoping for Adi, you know, to do something more. And I'm watching them like they're not pushing. They're up a man. This has two two heartbreaking draw. And sure yep. enough, that was yep. what what happened. Oh um, yeah. I, you know, Seattle and Portland are two teams I don't really quite understand. Um, you know, we, we've talked about Seattle struggles a lot and, you know, we saw a whole lot of it this weekend, you know, Eastern Conference team on the road and then Portland's defense has been pretty terrible and decimated and, and they still didn't really do a whole lot except for right at the end. Um, and you're, you just expect so much more with the, the big names that Seattle has. And then Portland just seemed like, OK, two one up, like, we're a rivalry game like that's it. I, I, I don't I didn't understand the mentality or the tactics or. What, what they were doing, and that's why the, those teams seem to be struggling right now. They just they just don't have it all together. Well, thank you guys for breaking down some of what happened in uh, round 17 and going over your scores. Uh, I hope everyone who heard how we did, uh, that you feel better about your team. Uh, some, some pretty high scores. Now, moving on to our housekeeping section. Uh, Mike, you have an update before we get it too deep in. Yeah, so... Um, Obviously, the Gold Cup is coming up. You know, there's going to be a break in two weeks uh, for that. Um, we've gotten most of the rosters out, but not all of them. Especially um, Canada and Honduras have not released their rosters at the time we're recording. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to um, record once we get all those rosters and put out a little special um, call-up report. And hopefully by that time, I'll be able to confirm that everyone will miss for Thursday or this weekend. Um but yeah, so before we get, we I don't want to give you all a partial list of call-ups since you know, Canada is kind of a big one. So um, we're going to record that later and look for that uh, later this week before the deadline. Great. Thanks so much, Mike. I uh, hope that uh, 
we get enough information for everyone to get all those call-ups out. So everyone, look at the usual sources, MLSsoccer.com, uh, that you're going to try to find, uh, Reddit.com that we have at r slash MLS for those call-ups as they come out. And even Tim usually puts together a list when time gives him that opportunity of some key call-ups. Isn't that right, Tim? Yeah, I'll be able to do it this time around. There we go. Plenty of time. Of course, this week, round 18, uh, halfway through the season, this is a bye week. So the New York Red Bulls and Seattle Sounders are not going to be available for everyone. So don't worry about those guys. They're not here. Everybody else, they're playing. A little bit of caveat on that, though. So the game week starts this week, Thursday, the 29th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. So a little bit earlier than it was last week, but not as bad as those Wednesday, Wednesday games. However, on uh, 627, which is tomorrow, Tuesday, today, depending on when you're listening to this, we have Dallas versus Colorado in the Open Cup. Then the day after that, Wednesday, 628, Houston versus Sporting Kansas City, New England versus D.C., Miami versus Atlanta, the Red Bulls versus Philly, not important for part of that team for this week, uh, L.A. versus Sacramento, San Jose versus Seattle, and then the game I'll be watching, Cincinnati versus Chicago. So a lot of these teams that are playing have a midweek game. Keep that in mind. Some teams aren't going to prioritize the Open Cup. Some teams are. I don't know which one it is, so be sure to tune in to Twitter and Mike's reports on on Twitter, the team Twitter, anything that you can see to find out what those rosters might be. Check MLSsoccer.com for the injury, for the game recaps and see what those lineups are to help you make better decisions for Thursday. Open Cup. Also, Canadian Cup. 627, Toronto versus Montreal. They already played to a 1-1 draw. Mike mentioned some of that earlier. Uh, Montreal seemed pretty gassed. They are in Toronto this time, uh, and uh, that last game was on the 21st. So this is this is for, I guess, all the marbles. Is this the last one, guys? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, this is it. This is the championship for the Canadian Cup. So Toronto versus Montreal. I'm sure there'll be some big names in that game because that is something I, I can't see those two teams not wanting to have. This brings us to our first question from Reddit. Any of you guys, feel free to jump in. Uh, is anybody worried about these midweek Open Cup and Canadian Cup games interfering with uh, rotations coming up for round 18? Yeah, I am. Um, really, anytime you have two games in a week where you only have a two-day layoff, you have Thursday, Friday, and then it's game day again, you're really going to run into a rotation risk. So keep an eye out on the schedules. Um, for those teams, you know, I've been favoring defensive midfielders so far this year. And while I am ranked down at 470, I will say that choosing defensive or holding midfielders with high floors has been pretty good for me, has been a pretty good strategy for me so far this year. They've really outperformed. I, I To piggyback on what Tim said, uh, the concern rises because there's a whole slate of midweek games before the international break next week. So, you know, all the teams that are in the Open Cup, you know, they're, it's – they had this weekend's games, then Open Cup games, then weekend games, then another midweek games, and then we're not even talking about the teams who had midweek games, double game weeks last week, uh, you know, teams like Toronto and uh, Montreal. So, I mean, there's definitely going to have to be um, some rotation, uh, and it, it could may, mean a big difference. You know, for instance, Mauro Diaz just came back from injury. Dallas is obviously going to rotate him for some of those games, which games they are. I, I can't tell you right now. Um, you know, maybe if I see the open cup, I'm assuming it'll be the open cup, but you never know 
with with some of these teams and what priorities they place on which competitions. So um, yeah, I mean, there, there's going to have to be rotation unless you're unless you're just throwing out um, you know USL teams like um, Seattle did uh, in their Open Cup match last week against Portland. But you know, like for instance, Chicago, they're on a national TV broadcast. Um, that that tends yep. to incentivize people to play bigger lineups. You know, you want to impress the league executives and, and TV executives who are paying you the big bucks. So um, we'll, we'll see. I, I I definitely think there there is going to be a rotation this week. There, there just kind of has to be. The rule I've kind of made for myself this week is if I see a player starting in the Open Cup and going more than 60, 70 minutes, I'm probably not going to put him in my team this weekend, um, with the exception of maybe a center back um, or a, a low work rate forward. Uh, I might give those guys um, the nod at the weekend, but if, if I see a midfielder playing uh, midweek for Open Cup games, I'm, I'm not putting him in my team this weekend. And that's a very good point that TK makes. Uh, this, this, these midweek games, you're going to see the rosters. If you don't see the game, you're going to see the roster lineups on MLSsoccer.com for for the previews that that they have. So you will be able to see these. You will be able to make those decisions. So check it out. Don't don't just guess. Don't hope. Uh, check out those those recaps and, and see who played. It's it's a great tool. I look at it pretty much every week. I think Mike does now. Uh, if we call them out once on it, but. Um, it's a great tool for something like this, especially since we have the time to be able to make those informed decisions. Uh, and again, also, like TK was saying, I, I think some of the safest players just in general when any rotation happens, defenders and keepers, That's those are the guys who tend to not get as gassed as much during these games. So they have the legs and they just have the ability to keep more consistent performance. Not saying it's not going to happen, but those tend to be some of the more reliable picks during these times. Moving on, there's one more thing I'm going to mention as far as something potentially to get in, in your mind. Uh, 7-1, uh, U.S. men's national team friendly versus Ghana. Maybe some interference with the MLS games. Not sure. I uh, have to wait again and see how some of those call-ups work, but just keep that in mind. 7-1 uh, versus Ghana, U.S. men's national team. Uh, that's, that's all I have for those teams. Finally, Patreon. Thank you so much, everyone, who continues to donate. Uh, we are, are so happy to have your support and that you enjoy the show. Uh, everything that you give to us goes right back into the show, into prizes, into swag, into covering hosting fees that we have for the website and SoundCloud and everything that we do to help make this possible for you. Um, if you are interested in checking it out, go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I. Thank you so much. And finally, that brings us to Mike with the injury report. Um, and uh, what do you got for us, Mike? Well, not a whole lot of just general injuries. Most of your absences will be call-ups, which we'll talk about later. Um, one of the big ones, Maxi Morales, He, I, I think he didn't train today. I saw some conflicting reports, but the best information I, I saw was that he didn't train today. So I'm guessing he's doubtful for this weekend, but um, – Stay, stay tuned on that because that, that might change, but at least we'll get to see that lineup before the deadline. A um, few red cards. Evans, uh, Brad Evans for Seattle got a red card. Uh, Nick Lima for San Jose also got a red card. Um, biggest injury of this weekend was Benny Fellhaber. Um, he got an ankle sprain and a shin contusion, and Blaine would kill me if I didn't say that 
the person who caused that ankle sprain, uh, Smith of the LA Galaxy, should be on Disco Watch. So um, Disco Watch for him. Uh, other Disco Watch is Azira for Colorado. Even Burgundy Wave said that he's probably going to get suspended for the tackle. I don't remember um, who it was on. It might have been on Martinez. But, um, yeah, he, that, he's, he's looking at, at a likely suspension as well. So, so they're going to get uh, a little bit of a depth hit. Um Speaking, staying on the Rapids, uh, Doyle had a possible broken hand. I, I didn't see an update on, on what his status is going to be. Uh, another player I got a bunch of questions about this week was uh, Youngworth. Um, he had an ankle sprain in the Open Cup uh, two weeks ago. I have not seen uh, a specific timetable, but when he first had the injury, it was like one to two weeks. So it's possible he'll be back this week, but I'm not sure. Um, obviously, there's a lot of other stuff going on in San Jose right now for, for the media to cover. Um, but um, as of right now, I don't know that he's playing. If he's if he'll play, he's uh, questionable. Um, and we mentioned the Ghana game. Um, Akam was called up for the Ghana friendly, so he's going to miss um, this weekend. But he should be back for the July 4th-ish weekend uh, games. Um, those are the only injuries I had. Um I haven't looked up the disciplinary summary to figure out who got uh, suspended for uh, yellow card accumulation because I've been trying to get these call-ups down. But um, if there's anything um, that I missed, uh, let me know, guys. Thank you so much, Mike, for that work that you do. And, yes, everyone, tune back in. Later this week, uh, probably Wednesday at the latest, we'll have uh, – I say that, but we're really waiting for – Mike is waiting for some of these – these international call-ups to happen. So we're hoping to get that out. It will be a separate podcast that drops. So tune into that. It'll get posted on Twitter and over at Reddit for those of you who are inter interested and monitor those platforms. Now it's time for the round 18 preview. And this is going to be game by game since we don't have that many this round. Uh, kick it off, Mike, for us. New York City versus Minnesota. Well, uh, the, I think the big thing here is going to be uh, the absences for Minnesota. Um, Minnesota is going to be without Birch. Um, he's he's out four to six weeks. I think I covered that last week in the podcast, but Case um, probably should have mentioned in this injury news. Um, and that's been a big loss for them. Um, since he's been out, um, they've given up three goals, one goal, three goals, and two goals. Um, so they've conceded a lot without him. They kind of look a little bit more... Uh, like the old Minnesota, and, and that's a problem when you're going to Yankee Stadium and playing David Villa and Jack Harrison. Um, and, and to compound that, they probably won't have Calvo either. He's been called up for Costa Rica. Uh, and if that's the case, I, I think you, you start your team this week looking at New York City defenders. I think David Villa is must-have. I think Jack Harrison is must-have. Uh, I saw a question on Reddit uh, thinking about a switch route with Jack Harrison. Uh, I, I, I think Jack Harrison needs to be in your team uh, starting regardless, um, with his ability. Uh, I don't think Minnesota has an answer for him and David Villa, and they probably don't have an answer for both of them. I, I think this could be a high scoring game. Um, I, I think this could be three, nothing, uh, New York city, maybe, maybe even four, nothing. Um, if Minnesota is really that, that hurt ab absence was. Big points. Wow. Tyler RSL versus Orlando. So these teams have only faced twice so far. Both times ended in a draw, 2-2 two -two last year, 1-1 uh, the year before. Um, I'm not really looking at this game except for one player. Um, I actually have a switcheroo with Aaron Mond this week. 
Um, in his last three home games, he scored 10, 8, and 8 points. Uh, the 10-point game, I believe he had a goal, and that was against New York City. Um, I think this is a week that a differential like that could could steal place, um, could steal you some points in there. If you're going to look in this game uh, for the home team, Plata maybe, he scored two goals against Orlando last year. Uh, one was on a penalty, though. Uh, if you're going to look at Orlando – probably go with Kaká because everything uh, seems to run through him. Um, I don't think this ends drawless. Uh, we were talking about it a, about a week ago in a group chat that we have. So far this year, Orlando has not kept a clean sheet in a single game in which Kaká has played over 60 minutes. So I, I fancy RSL to get at least one in this game. Um, they have kept a couple clean sheets in their past games. So maybe they can keep one themselves. I'm hoping for that with my switcheroo. But I see this one ending either 1-1 or 2-1 RSL. i try to give you an easy one for your first game. <laughs> Tim, Chicago-Vancouver. All right, so before I jump in, this one's going to come with a big old fat caveat. Just make sure you check the lineups and the usage of each player for Chicago in their midweek match because that, that's really going to that's really going to impact who plays this weekend. I mean, Mike was telling me earlier, Bastian Schweinsteiger may even be taking the trip up to uh, Cincinnati this week. This week, so we'll see there. But in a vacuum, Chicago at home, they're they're incredible. Um, nine home matches so far this season, right? Three games. Where they have where they've given up a goal, so they've got six clean sheets, and they've only given up four goals at home all season. They're they're phenomenal. Um, so really, even if they do run everybody out there midweek, I'd feel pretty safe in loading up on Chicago defenders and Matt Lampson at goalkeeper. On the attacking end, you know where David Akam is. You know, not going to be playing, unfortunately, following his big performances past weekend. But Nikolic is still – he's the go-to guy up top. I mean, he's basically good for a goal every game at home. Um, Louis Solianak at 6.0 could be a nice little differential option, especially if he doesn't feature midweek. Go for Dax McCarty for the big floor. Um Really, I'm probably going to go with four Chicago players this week, whether it's loading up on defenders if they run out of full line at midweek or throwing some attackers in there. Vancouver, uh, listen, I'm not really playing anybody on the road this season given how strong home teams have been at home. So, you know, all things equal, Christian Teixeira has been fantastic. He's found the score sheet four of his last five games, but ultimately I, I can't see a reason to go up – Go with a Vancouver player this week. What's your score prediction? 3-1 Chicago. I think they're a little bit tired midweek. I think they run a full lineup out there, and they give up a cheap one. There's there's no need to do that. There There's no need that they need to bring a full lineup to Cincinnati. That, that's just... <laughs> I, I think they have to respect the magic of the Open Cup, Reed. Uh, well, that's that's true. Hard. Expectations can be, can be great, but... That's uh, going to be a crowd. It's going to be I, a I'm, I've, I've developed my own team, and I'm trying to get them into MLS. And, and <laughs> I want to talk to a team, a, an MLS team that I can that I can pull for. So, so no, no need. No need. Uh, Mike, Dallas, Toronto. 
Oh, well, well this is a matchup of, of Titans. It's almost like a Dumbledore and Voldemort, um, you know, battling each other out. I, I'm, I'm really excited about this game, you know, and, and we can say that it's that kind of matchup with Mauro Diaz back and, and he already got one assist, you know, working himself back to injury. Um, and Toronto, as opposed to most of the teams we talk about, has a decent road record. If you look at most of their players, the the drastic uh, drop-off between home and away isn't there. Vasquez, Altidore um, have all scored both home and away. Um, so I think this is a really interesting matchup. I think the, the big drawback is both of them have uh, midweek games. Um, so I, I don't know how much uh, the rotation will affect them and, you know, what kind of lineups they'll be able to to produce since they have had so many games in the last few weeks. But, um, I mean, Vasquez has been uh, one of the underrated players of the year. Um, He's been, I think he's still the assist leader or or close to it. Um, He's certainly uh, viable. um, And and Dallas, even though they've been very strong defensively, they'll be without hedges for the Gold Cup and they're still without Zimmerman. Um, so they, they will have some uh, defensive issues that they'll have to cover up. If any team can um, uncover them on the road, it, it's TFC. Um, I don't know that any of these players are going to win over some of the, the bigger matchups this week, but I, I think Diaz, Vasquez, Altidore are, are certainly all viable options. It, it, I don't know that I would go Giovinco um, since he seems to to not quite have it all for, for the price that he has. Um, I, I just don't think he's producing at the level for, for 12 million. You know, you can put that into midfielders that are going to get you much better points. Um, I'm, I'm thinking this is a, a two, two draw. Um, I, I think there might be some points, but I, th- I think it's probably spread out among a, m- a bunch of players. Okay. Tim Montreal versus DC. So DC had a nice little win against Atlanta last week. We're going to start with the away team here this time. Unfortunately, they're not the team that you want to go on the road with. Maybe, you know, if you had a, a Chicago or a Toronto, you can go with them on the road. But like I said before, I'm not going with road teams this season, really, unless it's, you know, a great team playing a, a team in poor form. And even though Montreal – hasn't exactly been lighting up the scoreboard this season. I still think DC is not the way to go. So as good as Bill Hamid is and as good as Patrick Nyarko are, it's not going to translate to any fantasy points for you. So I'm just going to write them off entirely. On the Montreal side, I'm a big fan of their midfielders. I mean, Piatti, you know, he's continues to be great. And uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce this, guys. I'm sorry. It's Jamali, uh, Blarem Jamali. I tried listening to a video online. I got nowhere with it. It's it's impossible for me to pronounce personally. However, at 8.8 million, I love him. So I might go with two Montreal midfielders this week. And I think Montreal wins 2-0 at home against DC. Nice. I uh, appreciate you trying to tackle that name. I, I tried, man. I tried. Yeah. I could make a uh, end-of-season uh, bloopers cut. <laughs> we definitely do things like that. Uh, we have Tyler's. a first cut of end of season of us mispronouncing names. It's going to be like a two-hour podcast. <laughs> I'm going to try one more time. Jemayali. I think that might be it, guys. I think that might be it. Midfield. 8.8. Did you bless? 8.8. 8.8. He is. Yeah, they, they build really a great cheap. connection. That's, that is where the points come from. Um, 
when when Montreal is getting going, those are those two players have built a great connection for for scoring. So it's 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 where it's going to come from if it's going to come from anywhere most consistently. Of course, others can't score. Tyler, Sporting Kansas City versus Portland, and we have a Reddit question for this one: um, Is Madranda now a just a sub? I'll go with the Madranda question first. Uh, so two weeks in a row, he's come off a bench. Uh, first time for twenty-two minutes, second time for thirty. Um, this past week, I didn't have him, but I actually got stuck with him the week before. I think two weeks ago on the podcast, Reed, you joked about now that everyone's using Madranda. He will eventually be a sub, and everyone who has him will get screwed over for it. And it happened, and I was one of those. He was my second <laughs> and I got stuck with two points from Gressel because Madrana didn't start. Um, so thank you. Um, I, I think if Benny hadn't gotten hurt this past week, the answer to that would be yes. He would continue to be a sub. But with Benny injured, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Michael, uh, Dwyer was called up and will be on international duty this coming weekend. Uh, That's right. Okay, they're missing two attacking players already. Madronda's listed as a defender, but has been playing in the attack. I I think he starts this week, um, so I think you're okay to go with him. Uh, Feel free to yell at me afterwards if he doesn't start. But I think this week he's back in for at least 60 minutes, 70 minutes, then he subs out, and then... Naturally, uh, Portland will score late on uh, to ruin everyone's clean sheets but his. So uh, I think he's a sub for the rest of the season, but you might skate by for this week due to an injury and a call-up. As far as the game, because of Benny's absence and Dwyer's absence, I'm not sure what to make of it. Portland have the ability to score goals, but they're not finishing games. Um, As you can see this yesterday – uh, the last minute uh, goal for Dempsey. They can't finish games, so they're allowing them. So I'm, I'm thinking this game either ends nil nil or uh, Portland might slither in there for a late win. Um, but I can't see um, a high scoring game. I have Sinovich. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name, the left back in my team. You can go with Apara. Um, he scored two goals, I think, in the past five games. But the last two games against Portland, they've given up a goal to uh, Jovan Jones, left back, and then I believe the own goal against Minnesota um, uh, was due to who was the left back, Vitas. He put a, a ball in and had an own goal for Minnesota. So two games in a row, left backs caused damage. I'm willing to take that risk right there with Sinovich. So I, I'm thinking 1-1, maybe Portland steals a 1-0 win here. Tim, Columbus versus Atlanta. Absolutely. Uh, before I jump in, though, on that, I just want to say Mike made a, uh, a Dumbledore reference before. You know, Harry Potter did turn 20 today, and I'm pretty sure Tyler just said the words slither in. So <laughs> I, I didn't know today was the Harry Potter podcast, guys. I would have worn my rope and wizard hat. I mean, geez, somebody let me know next time, please. Um, we we right. just assumed you'd have it all naturally. Yeah, I mean, they're hanging up. They're ready to go. Just, you know, I got home from work. I had to take it off, you know. Um, so so Columbus actually loses four players this week, three players from their back line. Um, I have the list actually up right here. We have uh, Harrison Afool, Jonathan Mensa, and the 2017 MLS player who sounds most like a Star Wars character, Juka Raitala. <laughs> Those three guys 
I think I can, can verify that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's confirmed. Um, <laughs> so they are playing for Ghana this week. So they're out. And basically what that means, you're going up against Atlanta, one of the best attacks in the league. Let's not even go anywhere near a Columbus defender this week. Um, although I do like Federico Iguain because Atlanta cannot prevent a goal on the road. Um, and Ola Kamara may be in the mix as well. It depends. He might be my third forward if I have enough money. But I really like Iguain this week. Uh, Justin Merrim has cooled off a bit as of late, but he could be due for a big game as well. So really I'm looking at attackers this week. On the Atlanta side, you have Joseph Martinez. He seems to be back in the fold and ready to go. Amidon is fantastic as always. So, you know, you got your you got your main, you got your big names on both teams to to pick from. I'm probably gonna go with one from each team this week. Really mix it up. Score prediction? Ah, yes. Um three three. Oh man. Yeah. It's going to be a goal bonanza. Wow. Yeah, here comes 0-0. Zero, zero. Well, <laughs> moving on to a game that might not quite be that full of goals. Tyler, Colorado versus Houston. You can probably skip watching this game. I, I don't think anything's going to happen here. Uh, Houston has three goals in their last six games. Um, two of them were at L.A., and for some reason, L.A. just flip-flops the league. They're terrible at home and good on the road. And then the, uh, the third goal of those three was a 90th-minute penalty at Atlanta. Um, I don't know if Houston has enough uh, to create anything. And I think I saw a tweet earlier that said Elise and one of the other wingers for Houston was Kyoto. leaving tonight. Um, yeah, Kyoto and Elise are both leaving and won't be available for the weekend. They're uh, with Honduras. So I, I'm not sure Houston has anything to create here to uh, put a goal on the board. Uh, Colorado, they like to sit in and make the game a snoozer. Uh, I see this one finishing nil-nil. If you want to go with defenders for Colorado, I won't blame you for that. But uh, I'm, I'm looking elsewhere for this one. Mike, San Jose versus L.A. Well, uh, I mean, we haven't talked about it yet on the podcast, but I mean, I think one of the big news weekend was um, Dom Kinnear was fired. Uh, and it's... The, the timing is a little bit surprising considering, you know, San Jose was above the red line and just, just won uh, a game against RSL, in which they, they pretty much dominated and RSL only got a late goal after a, a San Jose red card. Um, but, I mean, you, you kind of understand it um, based on the style. I, I mean, watching uh, San Jose has been more like uh, attending a defense against the Dark Arts class with Dolores Umbridge instead of the wizarding world of Wando that it should be. You know, a magical world where Bondo scores tons of goals. Um, so you understand why they made a change, but I'm not quite sure I, I buy the person that they bought in, uh, brought in. Um, the technical director uh, doesn't seem to have any kind of managerial experience, and you're going to throw him into, oh, yeah, by the way, you have an Open Cup game in two days and, you know, in a California Classico on the weekend. This, this seems a really weird situation, and, and if you've watched the video of, of Wanda Lasky answering questions uh, today, he's pretty clearly upset about the move. He, he has a very close connection to Dom Kinnear. Um, anyway, and the, the other part of this, and Tyler already mentioned it, L.A. is as good on the road as other teams are at home. L.A. is as bad 
uh, at home as most teams are on the road. But LA has is five two and one uh, away from home. They've already played at San Jose once, and they smoked them four to two. Um, in that game, Alessandrini scored seven fantasy points. Um, the, the big point getter from that game was uh, Giovanni Dos Santos, who, who won't be there. But I, I think I'm fine with going with with LA. Um, I'm, I'm expecting um, Godoy for Panama to, to be out for San Jose. Uh, and that's just another defensive midfielder presence that they won't have. They won't have Lima for, for the red card. Um, so I, I think LA Galaxy uh, will be able to win this one um, two to one. Do you think uh, McBean's going to play well? Because I that was something we probably should have mentioned early on. He had a fantastic weekend. Yeah, I mean, maybe because I mean Zardes will probably be out, um, so so he they, LA might have to rely on him. Um, you, it, the real the real question is is what LA's lineup looks like with with the Open Cup. Um, you know, you could you're hoping for players like Villarreal, you know, to may, maybe take a spot. Um, but it, yeah, if you wanted to go differential with with McBean based on what he did um, last week, I, I I couldn't blame you. For me personally, with the other options, I don't know if I would stray too far from Alessandrini. Uh, maybe another player you want to look at is um, Pedro. Uh, I, I believe he scored either this week or, or the week before, but um, he, he's done pretty good job since Jermaine Jones has been out uh, and, and putting in um, consistent uh, performances. So uh, I think Pedro would be be a good option Um you know, if you're kind of looking for someone other than Alessandrini to, to, to make the budget work. And I missed your score prediction. What was that again? 2-1. Uh, 2-1. Two, one. Two, one. Last game, Philadelphia versus New England. Tim. All right. And uh, before I forget, I'm just going to say I'm calling a 1-1 one, one draw between the two teams. Just <laughs> you don't have to ask me, like, the last 15 times you have. <laughs> uh, so, we have a Reddit question, too. Uh, people particularly want to know um, – with Philly's mixed success, how how viable they are as serious fantasy options? I did notice that question. I thought it was very good um, because Philly kind of has fallen off a little bit in the last few weeks. They did get a nice little home win against D.C. this past weekend, and they do have the Sunday match. Um, New England is playing midweek. They're going up against uh, D.C., so you know that could be a factor there. Philly's playing New York Red Bulls, so I'm going to be at that game. I'll be sure to give a nice in-depth review of that one as well on Reddit at some point. Um, To be honest, I don't see a lot of fantasy performance coming out of Philly, except for a handful of players. I'm still a big believer in Harris Medijanin. He, you know what? He's kind of the glue that holds it together. He can get attacking bonus points. He can get defending bonus points. He can chip in an assist here and there. And I've been really impressed with Fabrice Bacall as of recently. He's been he's been a bit of a spark plug for them. I saw him playing against New York. He was in the mix. He got a lot of good opportunities. He's actually been more visible than CJ Sapong has been the last couple of matches. So keep an eye on him. If I were to pick some players, I would pick those two on the attacking end. Um, defensively, Jack Elliott's been great. Raymond Gaddis has been great. So... Maybe if New England plays a bunch of guys midweek, we could see Philly pull off a one nothing uh, shutout here. But I'm going to stick with my 1-1. And real quick, on the New England side, I mean, you've got Lee Wynn. You know, he's he's always going to be in – he's going to be getting you some bonus points. But do you want a decent floor at 10.4? 
at a 10.4 price, I'm not sure, so sure you do. So I'm going to stay away from New England this week, especially if they do load up on on their midweek lineup. All right. Thank you so much, guys, for those insights. Moving on to our player picks. Before we get into that, we had a question from Reddit. If you guys have given any thought to it yet, uh, who is an early switcheroo player that you may be considering? Or if you don't have a particular player, are there a couple of teams you're looking at that you may pick players from? I have an uh, early switcheroo with um, – I have Aaron Mond from RSL. I think I mentioned that one earlier. Uh, last three home games, he scored 10, 8, and 8 points. Uh, just shooting for a clean sheet here. If they keep a clean sheet against Orlando, I'll leave him in. Uh, if not, I have uh, left back from Kansas City, Sinovich, um, coming in, so I don't feel bad about having that as the backup option. But I'm punting for points there. Yeah, I have um, Callens and uh, Opara as part of a switcheroo. I mean, for the games, you know, you're looking at, I mean, really the the first player has got to be either from the New York City-Minnesota match or the, excuse me, or the RSL-Orlando match. Other than that, you're pretty much boxing yourself into, you know, using the second half of the switcheroo as San Jose, LA Galaxy, or Philly, New England, which I don't think those are some of the, the better switcheroo kind of places to look. Um, since, I mean, we have one, two, three, four, five, five games kicking off at seven and seven thirty, And then the next one's at nine o'clock. So you won't have some of those scores in since we know about the kickoff times being a little later than advertised. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you only have a few options. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't see a whole lot. I mean, I'm t- Tyler mentioned one, maybe Tim has, has another one, but you, you only have a few kind of teams to work with since it's not like a normal weekend schedule where you have those staggered um, times throughout Saturday where you have a little bit more room to, to assemble switcheroos. Yeah, that July 29th start date for that match date for that New York City and Minnesota game is really a bit of a killer here. Um, as far as switcheroo players, I'm thinking maybe Louis Solniak as my third forward and, and pairing him off with a defensive midfielder. Haven't made any decisions yet. Maybe I'll go uh, Harris Mato Janine. Who knows? Um, yeah, but again, we're just going to wait to see what the lineups look like for the Wednesday night midweek fixtures. You're nailing that name. Yeah, man. Yeah, I listened to like five videos. You and, yeah, you <laughs> pretty well. All right. Thanks, guys, for that. Let's do keepers. Tyler. Lampson. Okay. Pretty strong. Tim. I was going to say Lampson, but I'll also go uh, Sean Johnson here. Uh, I will not go Sean Johnson because he got called up for the Gold Cup, but instead I'll go Johansson. (laughs) Johansson, Eric Johansson of New York City. He's the backup keeper expected to get the start. Really? He did? Son of a gun. All right. (laughs) Do your homework, Tim. Come on. I'll I'll, I'll put that down on the list and and give you you some credit for that. (laughs) So who do you like for defenders, Tim? Um, give me Kapelhoff and, and Mera uh, of Chicago. Um, hell, even uh, who's this our guy, Brandon Vincent? Yeah, give me all three of them. Give me all three. I'm just gonna do the old. Uh, I miss you, Jay. I miss you so much. I'm gonna do the big Jay defensive uh, load here. Just all all Chicago defenders. Uh, Mike, I said earlier about the switcheroo. I have Callens and Apara, but other than that, it's Colorado. Def- uh, excuse me, uh, Chicago defenders. Uh, Mira and Vincent are in right now for me, but. Kapilov's not a bad option either. Tyler. 
I have Mara Vincent, and then I have the Mond and Sinovich uh, switcheroo. Okay, midfielders, Mike. All right, uh, I have five of them. Uh, Zamali, Alessandrini, Schweinsteiger, Harrison, and Higuain. Tyler. Uh, I have Alessandrini, Higuain, Piatti, Jamali, and Harrison. All right, we've got Harrison, Higuain, Alessandrini, and I think I'm going Zamali as well. Jamali, Jamali. It's, it's a J sound, I swear. <laughs> You guys are getting uh, and, and maybe Metajanine in my in my switcheroo. I have not decided yet. Okay, big names forwards. Tyler, David Villa and Nikolic. Tim, I'm gonna have to drop one of my Chicago defenders and go with uh, Nikolic and Villa. It hurts, doesn't it? I mean, you could always go yeah. with Sean Johnson, though. I could, <laughs> I could. Mike, uh, the, I'm, I'm making this a boring three for three. Villa and Nikolic. Captain Tim, Sean Johnson wearing a Sean John sweater. <laughs> no, uh, Sean Johnson wearing a Mike Pecky sweater. Oh God, he's so handsome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I think I got to go Davi Via here. I mean, he didn't he didn't get any, he didn't get anything for us last week, but you know what? I don't think he goes scoreless or doesn't find the scoreboard two weeks and two rounds in a row. Mike. Dumbledore. No, that was Via. <laughs> Tyler. Uh, via. Uh, I don't like picking early captains because they fail. I have the entire weekend to look at it, but against Minnesota without Calvo, it's just kind of obvious. And the, the new fun thing we're doing, uh, Mike, best clean sheet chance or chances? Um, I, I think it's Chicago at home. Um, Tim read out the stats earlier, so I won't go over it. Uh, Vancouver is a challenge defense, and I think you wanted a second uh, one. Um, there's not a whole lot of great options, but maybe Dallas. Um, you know, I said earlier, you know, they have Hedges and, and um, Zimmerman out. Um, I think they've only given up five goals at home all year. Um, at least a decent shout for a clean sheet, I think, anytime they're at home. Tyler. Chicago at home is the easy choice, but just to give you something different to think about, I'll go back to the point about Houston only scoring three goals in their last, I think I said it was five five road games, six road games, and one of them being a penalty. Um, if you want to try and make up ground, load up on uh, Colorado defense, I don't think Houston has anything without Elise or Kyoto. Tim? Yeah, I'm with Tyler here. He makes a great point. Um, Houston is just has been has really struggled on the road. I'm going to say it nicely, you know, since uh, it is going on the MLS website here, guys. Uh, no, yeah, Chicago or Colorado, uh, very good chances at a clean sheet here. But you know, Chicago, obviously the number one pick this week. Great, thank you so much, guys, for all those tips. I hope they have helped everyone listening to either reaffirm what you're already thinking or to give you some new ideas that may now just be crossing your mind. Uh, moving on to community time, my favorite time. Things got a little shaken up this weekend. Uh, the r slash fantasy top score this week was Blaze Diaz, Blazy Diaz. I hope I get that somewhat correct. Uh, manager of, love the name, Danger Zone. Very nice. High score, 141. That's awesome. So close. So close to the overall high score, but that's great. Very, very great. The Patreon 
league. Ooh, a big shakeup here. Now, RJ Gage did hold on to his number one spot. It was pretty close. He has a record now of 11-3-2, but I am now second place, thank you, uh, with a record of 11-1-4, and, and Jason Hicks has jumped up to third with a record of 11-0-5. So we had some shifting there in a number two and number three spot with the Patreon League. Quite competitive, quite competitive, and very much fun. That was an exclusive offer that only members of uh, the donors for the Patreon websites were able to participate in. So lots of fun if that's something you're interested in. Keep an eye on it for next year. And my favorite league, no doubt, hands down, overall, the MLS Fantasy Insider hosts head-to-head -head league. I thought this was going to gonna go differently for a while, but Andrew Collard keeps his lead after a very close game that we'll talk about in just a second. Uh, I've moved up to number two after a big win that I had. Uh, and then Blaine also had a close game, and he has moved up into the third spot overall, so pretty tight. Uh, I played Mr. Guy Sanchez this last round. I was 133 to uh, 116. I was only actually the second highest score of uh, of the round and tied for second with that. And then, Mike, I think you had the next game? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if I have, you mean lost. Uh, yeah. Um, and for the second week in a row, I lost by a point to Andrew. Wow, I was counting uh, on you. Well, well, well played to, to my show league teammate. Uh, next, we have Fantasy Football 24-7, who took on Travis Luscombe, one of our MLS.com fantasy experts. And he beat them, 124 to 133. Good job, Travis. Way to do it. Uh, no, we, we love our friends at Fantasy Football 24-7. Uh, next, we have Jason Wiskovich uh, next to Andrew Weeby. And as we know, he won 123 to 73. That's not the only thing he won, though. I hear he did quite well in the MLS Show League, um, winning some some big big prize there. Uh, it's just bragging rights. So I don't know how big of it is, but it's something that Jason, I'm sure, will relish. Uh, so congrats, man, for all of your success this past round. We look forward to having you on the show again next month. Next, we had Blaine taking on Ben Bear from MLS, and he just eked that win out to move up to third place, 118 to 115. Uh, Phil Luchford took on Simon, and Phil had a good win, 134 highest points in our league this round uh, against 1 to 111 by Simon, who remembered to set his fantasy team this week. And then, Tim, you got the last game. Take us home. <sighs> God. Three. So I've now gotten two points in my last five matches. I had two draws followed by three straight losses. I lost 125 to 123 to Ivan the Terrible, but it. Sadly, I am the terrible one. I'm down to <laughs> a drop to third from the bottom. I'm not going to say the number because it makes me upset. Um, but, hey, second half of the season, like I said, I'm coming roaring back. You're coming back, yes. Ivan, of course, is our friend from Fantasy Football First, one of the two uh, English FPL sites that participate in MLS as well with us. So great fun. Uh, very competitive league, if you guys haven't been able to tell from the scores that, that we have out there. Also, a whole lot of fun. Next round, Mike is taking on Blaine. Guy is taking on Jason. Andrew Crawler is taking on Fantasy Football 24-7. Let's go, Andrew. Simon is taking on me. Oh, snap. Uh, ben is taking on Tim. Andrew Weeby is taking on Ivan. Congrats, Ivan, on your win. And Travis is taking on Phil. So lots of great games still to come. It'll be a lot of fun as we get ready for the Gold Cup. Guys, that's all that I have. Anything you'd like to plug? Mike? Um, go Tigers. Beat Florida.
that's all I, all I have to, <laughs> to to plug this week. Although I do have a good head to head matchup in the show league against Tyler coming up this weekend. So so hopefully I can pull that one out. Yes, the Champions League. Tim. Champions. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me. I uh, don't know what came over me there. Um, yeah. As always, uh, thanks again for having me on, Reed. You guys can find me at soccercaptains.com or at soccercaptains on Twitter. And uh, keep an eye for my uh, call up spreadsheet. Uh, you can paste it into your own Excel spreadsheet, manipulate it as you see fit. And uh, it's just a nice alternative to the MLS website. And Tyler. I just want to. Uh... Give a shout out to Brian from the show league. Uh, last night he got promoted from the second tier all the way up to the Premier League on the Dempsey goal. Let him have a one point victory last night, and uh, just want to say that that was amazing too. As a Sounders fan, uh, saw that goal go in. I thought, uh, could this just be happening inside my head? And then I said, well, it may be inside my head, but why is it not real? And then I think I woke up the neighbors by screaming. So. Uh, yeah. Was amazing and congrats brian on that. that that was an awesome and intense finish and of course you can catch everything that i do fantasy related over at reddit.com and over at mlssoccer.com with the articles that are going to be coming up this week and of course mlsfantasyboss.com has articles from everyone who's involved in that project including Blaine and uh, and Andrew Crawlard and Jason when he is able to and, and some of the great guys that have just now started writing for us with XG numbers and stats and, and lots of, of great great charts and things that it's just a great supplement we try to put out there as well as links to other places on the web because it's not all about us it's about you we want you to have the resources you need to succeed at fantasy so with that being said good luck <laughs>